0: Hi everyone, welcome to Becoming Zion, where I'll be sharing my favorite thoughts and inspiration on becoming of one heart and one mind. This is episode 5 for the Becoming Zion podcast. On today's episode, I'll be addressing the question, was Joseph Smith a prophet of God? When I think about becoming a Zion society, my thoughts go back to Joseph Smith and the pioneers, who themselves tried to become a Zion people. In the world today, there are many people asking the question, was Joseph Smith truly a prophet of God? Today, I'd like to share my thoughts on that question. Centuries ago, a teenage farmer lived with their family in a simple house where they helped their father in the fields. They had limited education, but a passionate interest in the Church and in God. With the country in commotion, it was a precarious time, filled with much confusion, with leaders contradicting each other and fighting for power, all claiming to have the answer that burned in the heart of the people in this small town. This person prayed frequently and fervently at an early age. They saw visions and had visits from heavenly messengers who taught truth and offered encouragement. They were told that they had a great mission to fulfill, and even as they doubted their ability to accomplish such a mission, they did not doubt that these messengers were indeed from heaven and must be taken seriously, for God himself was calling them to the task at hand. They could not disobey and would not relent until they had done what the Lord had commanded. When the appointed time had come, specific instructions were given regarding how to fulfill their mission. They went to government leaders to discuss the state of affairs of the country and prophesied that if the leaders and people would not obey the counsel given them, death would come upon them. They had many allies, some of whom later betrayed them. They were imperfect, bringing upon themselves the judgment of God. They received unfair trials and attempted to escape death, but instead turned and walked the other direction, directly to a martyr's death. As they died, they called out to Jesus. They had fulfilled their mission. It was later acknowledged that they had been innocent. The events that transpired were so great that they are celebrated even today. Those who know anything about the Prophet Joseph Smith likely think that he is the person I was describing. However, the person to whom I am referring was Joan of Arc. I find the similarity between the stories of Joan of Arc and Joseph Smith to be astonishing and often wonder why it is that a person can accept Joan's experience as truth while completely rejecting the experience of Joseph Smith. How, we must ask ourselves, does one receive truth? Can it be found in a history textbook? And if so, which one? For they all vary slightly in what they say. Fortunately, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I know that I have a direct conduit to heaven through which the Spirit can testify to hearts pure truth. Alma the Younger knew this. When speaking to his son of his testimony, he proclaimed, And I would not that ye think that I know of myself not of the temporal, but of the spiritual, not of the carnal mind, but of God. Alma didn't gain his testimony from anything carnal or man-made. He gained it directly from God. But knowing that we can receive personal revelation is the easy part. The hard part is understanding how the Spirit communicates that truth to us. For Joan and Joseph had visions. Alma saw an angel. Oliver Cowdery felt a burning in his bosom. Elijah heard a still small voice. Samuel the Lamanite had words carried into his heart. Our prophet, President Nelson, extended an invitation to us not long ago. He said, In this special year as we commemorate the 200th anniversary of the First Vision, I invite you to think deeply and often about this key question. How do you hear him? I also invite you to take steps to hear him better and more often." End quote. Reflecting on how my testimony of the first vision came to be has clarified for me the ways in which I receive personal revelation. Five forms of spiritual communication in particular stand out. The first is the power of words. As a young girl, it didn't take me long to recognize the power that came from the pages of the Book of Mormon. I knew that a book with that much power only come from God. And that was the beginning of my testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith. Number two is music. For as long as I can remember, the song praise to the man has filled me with such warmth and emotion that I feel I might burst. Some people might call that a burning in the bosom. Number three, testimony. Years ago, the apostles combined their testimonies of the Savior and of Joseph Smith into a video called Special Witnesses, which can now be seen on YouTube. Each time I hear Elder Bednar testify of the events that took place on the banks of the Susquehanna River, President Faust bear his testimony of the Prophet Joseph while standing in Nauvoo, and President Hinckley share his witness of the First Vision while in the Sacred Grove. I am overcome with happiness and gratitude, and a desire to help build the Kingdom of God which I attribute to the workings of the Spirit. Number four, prayer. At one point in my life, after I finished reading the Book of Mormon, I determined to pray about it to find out if it was true. That experience was really special to me, so I won't go into great detail about what happened, but it included an empty room, one wooden chair, an open window, a full moon, and an answer as if it came from heaven on moonbeams aimed directly at my heart. Finally, number five, sacred places. Sacred places can be places of instruction and inspiration. Some time ago, I found myself alone in the sacred grove in Palmyra, New York. It was an overcast and rainy day, and the grove was wet and muddy. But I savored each moment I spent in that sacred place. Walking slowly along a path, I was overcome with great sadness and despair, for I did not want to leave this peaceful place and return to my day-to-day life. A blessed life, but one filled with occasional chaos and uncertainty. I prayed, Heavenly Father, please, I just want to stay here. Why can't I just stay here and experience this peace forever? Continuing down the path, I did my best to avoid the puddles as raindrops, dripping from the tree branches, disguised the hot tears on my cheeks. Soon, the time to leave arrived, so, with a defeated spirit, I began walking in the direction of home. Somewhere along the way, however, I took what I thought was a wrong turn. As it turns out, it wasn't wrong at all, for the spirit had something to share with me. The path I was now on was taking me to higher ground, deeper into the grove, Where I experienced less noise, fewer distractions, and more beauty. I was in awe of the transformation. Before long, I came to a large puddle that made me stop in my tracks. As I looked up, I noticed a fork in the road, a short path on higher ground that led around the puddle, providing a way around the muddy mess. I was grateful for this tender mercy. I continued down the path, deep in thought, my feet avoiding the occasional small puddle, until I came to a sign that read, DRIER PATH. What an unexpected surprise, I thought to myself, and without delay made my way to the drier path. With the stillness of the grove surrounding me, and with my feet on drier ground, I found myself feeling grateful. I knew God was trying to teach me something, and he had my full attention. It felt surreal, being completely lost and alone in one of the most sacred places on earth. As much as I would have liked to remain there, it was time for me to go home. All I needed now was to know which way was home. For several more minutes, I meandered down paths, this way and that, taking in the beauty around me, when suddenly, there it was, an exit sign, pointing the way to freedom. Turning to look behind me, I reflected on the things I had just learned. I gazed up at the trees, the sky, the heavens. I closed my eyes, the sacredness of the moment nearly consuming me. Smiling to myself, I pivoted my feet on the wet ground and headed towards home, filled with a sense of peace that was beyond description, for I had just received my own vision in the sacred grove. Like Joseph Smith, I had received an answer to my prayer. Like Lehi, I had seen symbols offering guidance as to how to live my life with a renewed sense of trust and hope. I now knew without a doubt that the peace I so desperately longed for that day in the sacred grove is available to me in my everyday life through my own personal sacred groves. For I, in the midst of my personal storms, will have access to higher, drier ground, forks in the road that provide temporary relief during hardship, and exit signs that point the way to freedom. There will be beauty that surpasses all understanding and impressions from the Spirit that will be life-changing. I believe the story of Joan of Arc is true, but I know the story of Joseph Smith is true, for I have received many witnesses throughout my life from the Holy Spirit. Having just celebrated the 200th anniversary of the Restoration, let us not forget that we are part of that Restoration. Just as Joan and Joseph were given missions to fulfill, so too have we each been given a mission to fulfill in preparation for the Savior's second coming. Though we may doubt our ability to accomplish such a mission, we need not fear. We need only connect with heaven to receive the knowledge and power we need to be able to go and do the things that the Lord has commanded. We need not be perfect. I love the fact that Joan and Joseph made mistakes, because that means that God can use me with all my imperfections. May we accept President Nelson's invitation to think deeply and often about the question, How do I hear him? and take steps to hear him better and more often. If you have not yet received your own personal witness that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God, why not begin that journey today? For it oftentimes is a journey, not just a one-time witness. Ask, and ye shall receive. Seek, and ye shall find. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. It worked for Joseph. It worked for me, and it will work for you. Fervently seek your own testimony of the prophet Joseph Smith, and you will receive it. For his testimony is true, brothers and sisters. It is true. To learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and our modern-day prophets, including Joseph Smith, please visit www.comeuntochrist.org. Thank you for listening. Be sure to stop by my blog at becomingzionpodcast.blogspot.com or pick up my book, which is on sale right now for $5. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, goodbye.